Welcome, fellow human, to the Disorganized Productions Podcast. The show that fuels your spirit, ignites your potential, and helps you become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode will embark you on a journey to unlock the power within you, tap into your limitless potential, and conquer life's challenges. Hey, fellow human. Thank you for uh, listening to my podcast. I would really appreciate it if you uh, give uh, give me five stars. It would be great if you uh, could do that and uh, share it with your friends or family. Um, there are a little, uh, a few things I want to talk to you about. Um, I got a merchandise store on Linktree, which is called the Disorganized uh, Productions Shop. And, um, of course, big, big shout out to my brothers at the Firmamental Podcast, the FirmamentalPodcast.com. Uh, these are my, uh, brothers in, in love, not in crime, but in love. And, uh, you can also, um, get there the, uh, reservation for the Scipio Iriditis book, Anatoy of a Revolution, um, for the pre-order. Um, so yeah, without any uh, further ado, have uh, fun and enjoy this podcast and thanks for tuning in. Yeah, this is awesome. Excited. Uh, thanks for having me, bro. This is really, really cool. Nice. Well, y- you're doing a lot of things, brother, that, uh, that are going to rock the world, right? That's, <laughs> that's my, my intention. Good. I'm hoping so. Good. And you were. Oh, I was. Uh, I was gonna. Sorry. I was gonna. Is there is there a delay or no? There's a little bit of delay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was gonna say I've been talking to uh, Snake or Shane. Uh, <laughs> he's such a funny dude, man. I, I love that guy. So <clears throat> Raul, Raul told me about him a while back. He said, "Hey, this guy's really cool," and I was like, "What's his name?" And he's like, the one he goes for a snake. And I was like, well, that's cool. That's interesting. So um, I've been talking to him, and he's such a cool dude. Um, it's just really, uh, ever since talking to George Hobbs, my life has um, grown tremendously, like exponentially. And, uh, you know, and I got in, got in contact with Raul, obviously, and Fermental and uh, Scipio and, and now, you know, just a bunch of guys and then you and um, it's just so cool, man. Like my life is is blossoming. You know what I mean? Like I'm a late bloomer, but hey, hey, <laughs> whatever. Better a late bloomer than not a bloomer, right? Absolutely, bro. Yeah. And things Maybe. go fast because I know that I uh, I reached out to Raul that was like, what was that? june or something like that and he just started his own podcasting and i'm i'm from mental europe man <laughs> and uh yes big shout out to to george hobbs who who connected us in, in that way and is the godfather of podcasting when, when you want to talk about the truth right or when you dig into yeah. some critical thinking and you need some people that are doing the same stuff <laughs> yeah and, uh, 
Yeah, and uh, our old uh, Alex and Claude, they're such uh, cool guys. Uh, Scipio, I'll, I'll, I'll never talked to him before, but uh, hey, in this world, you never know. Next time you, you're, you're hooked up on him and uh, you have a great conversation, uh, which we have not now already. Um, I will yeah. introduce you to the, uh, to the audience. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because... Uh, well, big shout out to Snake because he he made a lot of notes uh, where we can talk about because uh, yeah, well, obviously I'm I'm doing the podcasting and he has uh, so, some some time that he spends with work that he can uh, listen to podcasts and stuff like that and uh, yeah, it's 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 such a great feeling to have all these people around you just like you, you know, you, you bring out your own book. Uh, which is called Through a Glass Unveiled. And the title of this book pays a homage to the actual firmament and the veil between life and death. And uh, besides that, you are an artist and uh, draws pictures and all uh, of all your experiences in your book. Uh, you're number five of six children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of things today, man. And it's great to have you without any further ado. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow humans, welcome, Joseph Colin Wright. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. So, um, just dig into it. You uh, wrote a book about your experiences. Uh, well, the most of them are uh, paranormal, right? Yeah, they're uh, the vast majority of them are paranormal, uh, supernatural, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've actually almost died a few times. I've had several. I believe it's five out-of-body experiences or astral projections, whatever you want to call it. Um, the odd thing is that I I have never tried to engage in any of this stuff. It has all just happened to me. And uh, like I mentioned Scipio before, um, I love talking to that guy because he not only is he a fellow brother in Christ, but um, he's also a veteran. Like he was in, the, I think he said the Air Force, and he did like special... Yeah special ops or something. Uh, he's super smart. Like he, uh, easily one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. And he knows his Bible really, really well, which is why I respect him so much. Not just that he's a veteran, but mm -hmm. he, um, he knows what he's talking about. So, you know, um, uh, so he actually mentioned, cause he was talking to me about this very thing. And, and I told him the same thing I told you, I said, Dude, I never wanted any of this stuff. I, I didn't try to bust out a Ouija board or nothing like that. You know what I mean? I didn't try to hook up with a witch or, you know, I didn't go to any dark parties or nothing. Uh -huh. It just happened to me. And then he said, he's a bro, you might have, uh, you might have something in your, in your family history. And I was like, dude, I never even thought about that. And, uh, dude, he hit the nail right on the head because sure enough, um, I recently got back into social media, right? For like years, I I was fed up with it. Couldn't stand Facebook. 
couldn't stand any of that stuff. And, uh, but I think I was talking to my sister or my brother or somebody They were like, or no, my buddy George might've said, bro, you know, if you're going to, if you really want to tell people about your story, about your book, you're going to have to get back on social media. And I was like, nah, he's right. So I did. And getting back on uh, Instagram and, uh, messenger, you know, Facebook and all that. My aunt started reaching out to me like, Oh, Colin, you know, congratulations. You wrote your book. And then my aunt, I think it was my aunt Vicky said, uh, Oh, you know that you were named after your great grandfather, Joseph. And I was like, what? And I, I never even heard of this guy. And so her telling me this. And so I started asking her questions and then sure enough, she said, Oh yeah, you didn't know that he was, uh, I think he was the head engineer in Missouri and he helped build a bunch of bridges and stuff. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. So as soon as she said that, I was like, no way. So I looked this fool up. His name's Joseph Evans Randall. And I was like, dude, this guy, holy crap. Scipio was dead on. So apparently I related to like royalty and, uh, there's even ties with like the Rothschilds and um, a bunch of people, dude. And I was blown away. Wow. Like, well, there it is. He was right. That's exactly what it was. So there's undoubtedly some kind of a covenant or some crap. Not, you know, the Masons and all those people, undoubtedly something they did that uh, for whatever reason, they have singled me out my entire life and they don't like me. So huh. I don't know. No. And I think, honestly, it's that coupled with the fact that something happened to me when I was little. Um, it was a very, it's chapter three in my book. It's a very, very interesting occurrence that it honestly has helped, um, what do you call it? Helped center me like my entire life. It's like a reference point. And that's when I saw who I'm assuming was either Elijah or Moses walk out of the clouds. Like, wow. I don't know what, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I still don't know, but, um, it's chapter three and I draw a picture and what you see is exactly what I experienced. This old dude looking like he looked a lot like Charlton Heston in the 10 commandments, but different. He, he looked like middle Eastern and, um, he just raised his staff and moved it to his left side. He didn't say nothing. I didn't hear anything, but I saw him for roughly probably 10 seconds. And then he just walked back into the clouds. It was bizarre, bro. And ever since, ever since that time, um, I've been attacked relentlessly. Like I've seen stuff. I've heard stuff. There's a, there's stuff I left out of my book that I don't, I don't want to go into because it'll affect other people's lives. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I <laughs> Can't make sense of it. I don't. I've prayed about it many times, and I don't know what it means. But my mom, you know, uh, God rest my mom. She's she's dead now. She died um, December seventh of last year. And I was really trying to get my book out because I wanted her to see it, right? Because I dedicated my book to her, and so I wanted her to appreciate it. And she got to see like the rough draft, but she didn't actually get to see the book. And, hey, yeah, uh, read, read. yeah, so I was basically rushing it. And I was trying to get it finished. And because of that, I think I kind of, um, yeah, there's a bunch of grammatical errors and there's, there's parts in the book that I screwed up on, but 
it's all good, whatever. Like the whole point is to, to witness and to try to reach people for Jesus Christ. And I think I did that. And, um, you know, if I have to, if, if worse comes to worse, I can always republish it, you know, like add. Exactly. Whatever, so. But, um, yeah, dude, it's, um, it's been a wild ride. And, huh. uh, how do we have been writing now this book? It took me probably a better part of a year. I want to say at least eight or nine months. Oh, wow. And, uh, and honestly, just the, the, what's, what's been happening in my life, I went through a grueling divorce. I'm talking brutal, bro. Like, oh man, like <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, but my ex, uh, she really, she really did a number on me. Like she was trying to destroy me straight up and, uh, whether or not she believed what she was doing, I, I don't know. That's between her and God. But, um, God's God has brought me out of the fire. Like he's refined me and uh, I am definitely a better person now than I was before, you know, before we got divorced. So um, kind of like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they go through the furnace and they come out and the fire didn't even touch them, you know? So that's kind of like how I've been uh, processed, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's um, all that, all that stuff, all the divorce, and then my mom dying, my grandma dying, man, Rosalie dying. What's well, all these? Yeah, these past six years, bro, have been like kind of like, yeah, like going through a crazy storm, you know, and then um, and Jesus finally comes out and says, "Peace, be calm," and the storm just the storm dies down, and that's kind of how I feel. So it's uh. It's interesting to see where where he's taken me in my life, and uh, and I told him I said if I'm I'm going to write this God, I want you to do with it whatever you want to do with it. It's all glory to you, you know. I'll, I'm going to stay out of the way, and uh, yeah, it, it's been interesting to say the least. And and were you after these events in your life more connected to God, or did you always had a special relationship with him? Um, yep. So when I was really little, I still don't know why I wanted to get saved. Um, chapter one, after the prologue, chapter one, um, it's, it's a drawing of, I'm going up to my mom and tugging on her dress. And I, and I ask her, I say, mom, I either said, how do I get saved? Or I want to get saved. I can't remember exactly what I said, but in the book, I think I put, you know, how do I get saved? So she stops cooking and she leads me to Jesus. And, uh, and I was like five or six years old. So I don't know why I did that. I mean, I can only assume God put it on my heart. I don't know. Cause it says in the Bible that God calls us. So I believe that he called me and, uh, and then it's just, it was off to the races from there. So, um, yeah, I'd say, I in a way, I've had a, a unique relationship with God. Um, why exactly? I don't know. Uh, probably because it has something to do with my, you know, my family lineage and the history. And obviously, some of them were in the occult. So a lot of times God will take a situation where it looks like it's destitute, right? Like there's no chance of anything coming from that. And God will use that 
and then he will pull someone out of that and then he'll he'll flip the script and he does it constantly he does it to the devil all the time and the devil's got to be the most frustrated individual throughout history bro like he, <laughs> he has to be because every single thing he tries to do god's like no nope. and he pulls the rug out from underneath him and the devil's like ah. yeah so i love your song your song you're like <laughs> the devil's on my heels he's a pain in the butt you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well and it, it's it really is it's like that's how it is bro and so but the thing is he's tenacious he doesn't stop he's yeah. persistent he, he doesn't give up so um yeah and we see nowadays we see a lot uh deceiving going on uh it, oh yeah you guys you watch, watch your super bowl, bowl and stuff like that and i already got some heads up just like oh man there was like one one goddamn show you know but even if you are just uh hang around at house and you, you go to the grocery store you got so many signs about deceiving if it's going to be sugar or coffee or you know watch this or do that or whatever it's going to be you know yeah and uh yeah that's make it makes it very hard and um what, what did it to you as a child when you so chapter one is about you know talking on uh, uh your mother's dress like uh tell me more about uh, uh about jesus about praying or how that um so yeah so after that i i got uh i got saved and then I, we got back then my mom took me and got baptized and um i got baptized and then uh And then that's when it started, you know, I, I remember I knelt down in my front yard. It's so bizarre, bro. Like I knelt down in my front yard. I just, I was on the couch after we got back from church and I remember sitting on the couch and I was feeling elated. Like I was feeling the presence of God and something told me like, you should go outside and, and say, thank you to God. Like in my mind, I was a little kid mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, you know, Like, I didn't really understand the concept of praising or worshiping the Lord, but that's basically what I did. So I went out to my front yard. It was probably, I don't know, 12, 2 o'clock, some in the middle of the day. And I got down and I got, I I felt compelled to get on my knees. And I started, I lifted my hands up and I just started thing, saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're awesome. And I was just, you know, praising him. And Apparently, my mom told me when I talked to her years ago about it, and I said, I knelt down. She's like, you knelt down? Where? Where? And I told her, oh, you know, in the front yard, and I was facing I was facing the intersection going towards Aunt Rosalie's house, and she's like, oh, you were facing east. And I was like, when she said that, I was like, what? So I think there is something to the whole, you know, how uh, Muslims will face east. They get on their knees and they face me. There's something to that. Now, I'm not saying I'm a Muslim, but I think, I do think there is something to the concept of facing Jerusalem. Hmm. And, and, uh, because that's where the Holy of Holies was. The Holy of Holies was in Jerusalem. And I didn't know that when I was doing that. It could have been a coincidence that I'd happened to kneel down facing east. I don't know. But, I knelt down worshiping God, and it was um, very similar to when Solomon builds the temple for the first time, and he gives he gives credit to God, and he gets up on like this table, and he kneels down and he lifts his hands up, saying, "You know, thank you, God." So, 
as I was doing that, I feel like this, um, the only way I could describe it is like, I know you've been on a roller coaster before, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to roller coaster and you're at the very tippy top and you know, you're about to drop Yeah. as you drop, you feel like you're like, ah, that anxiety. Yeah. So that feeling in your chest, then combine that with like, uh, two magnets. So you take two magnets and you, and they push against each other. Hmm. But combine those two feelings, and that's what was I was feeling in my chest. It was like, it was almost like I was feeling something coming up on me. And I remember I turned, I turned, I was still on the ground. I turned back to my left, and this old woman, she looked like she was at least, I don't know, 70, 80 years old. She was wearing all black, and she was looking, she was staring at me, bro. I was on the ground, and she was staring at me, and oh, dude. Like she, she looked old, but I could see her eyes. When I looked at her eyes, it looked like I was looking at a, like a tiger or like a lion that was about to eat me or something. Huh. It was insane, bro. And I'm convinced that I saw a fallen angel. Hmm. Because like she, dis you. she disappeared because like I told Raul and all the other guys, when I talked to him, you know, in text or whatever, and podcast i honestly believe that uh i think they're all around us all the time but we just can't see them because they have the ability to uh they're interdimensional <clears throat> you see what i'm saying like they can they can go incognito and they can yeah. go undetected and we can't see them but they can see us yeah and so when they see something like i did when i'm giving worship and praise to God in broad daylight out like that, I think they detest that. I think they hate it. Hmm. And so I think she showed up to to interrupt it, to stop what I was doing, because that's exactly what happened. I stopped worshiping God, and, she, and the attention was drawn on to the entity. Huh. Yeah, because See, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what the devil and that's what they want. The devil wants us to praise him like we do God. Exactly. And what is better than to see someone that you just not focus anymore on the things that you did, you know, exactly that. And it, it, it's really, uh, well, not funny, but it's very interesting and fascinating that uh, I had a, a conversation with uh, Nathaniel Gillis, uh, who is a uh, demonologist. And he said that uh, spells, like you said, like what your great great grandfather had, could be done in in a time that they are still active. And what I listen to, when I listen to your stories, just like you, um, uh, you broke the spell, right? The the spell that was I guess. And at I mean, point, I see I see what you're saying. Um, I think. I think what it, what it is is like um for whatever reason God God plucked me out of this family because my mom I give the credit to my mom like she would read the King James Bible she would read the King James Bible to six kids <laughs> like I don't think people people don't really understand because most people don't read the Bible but you you can open a baby so when um 
Sorry, my daughter. My daughter was bugging me. She's no like, props. No props. She wants to open a present. I was like, okay, go for it. <laughs> and she, uh, um, it, uh, it's her birthday. Well, no, it, it's a present from her birthday. Okay. So we just we had her birthday recently. It's February the sixth. Um, oh, same as mine. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah. So I she she read the Bible to us in King James, and I I can still remember sitting on the floor trying to understand what she's saying. Right. And it's, um, and she was very adamant about making sure her children were raised up in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so God honored that. And so he used, he, he chose me, I guess, I'm assuming, I don't know, because all these things that happened to me, uh, it's not a coincidence, you know? So he uses people to, to do what he wants to do to expose the enemy and to further God's kingdom. Mm. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it's not like one event that happened to you. It's just like several events that, that you, uh, 100% will be convinced that it's, it's not normal what happened. Right. Uh, there are like five, uh, did you, did you mention five times that you, uh, uh, were almost dead? Well, five, I think it was five times out-of-body experience. Oh, out-of-body experience, exactly, exactly. Which is really strange to me because I, well, what I do understand about that, astral projecting, is that I guess they say that um, that's something that, that people in the occult try to do. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's something that... Um, uh, it's part of a ritual or like part of... Um, something they do to do something else, I guess. I, I don't know. I haven't really researched it and I don't really want to get into it uh, because I know once you start getting, going down that road, uh, you're basically, it's like uh, sending out an invitation to the enemy hmm. because you give, you give jurisdiction to them to come into your house and kind of sit down with you. And I don't want to do that. So, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I personally know what's out there and, and a lot of people, they kind of play with it and they think it's funny. They they think it's a joke. It's not a joke. Like, no, I never did a Ouija board or stuff like that. Yeah. Or I never did that. I never had any interest in it, but, uh, I had, uh, out of body experience, uh, once or twice, uh, especially when it was in the, in the hospital and it, uh, wow. it, I think that uh, it comes with, um, some kind of trauma or that that your body is in this state of uh not knowing where to go and it was really strange because i was lying in the uh in the ambulance and i knew that i had a shot of uh ketamine is it for uh, i think the the keta keta yeah and i know that i was uh my eyes were closed but i saw stripes in the middle of of me and i thought first of all oh i see the stripes that are on the highway right but right. then when i uh well like 10 50 minutes uh i saw the stripes are were going really fast and then all of a sudden they just almost stopped and then they divided just like well how you have to choose and then i woke up in the ambulance and then i wow. thought he was you know he was straight on the road so it's just like what 
But That's the weird. funny thing is, just a few moments before that, I saw myself lying there. So when I had made the choices, you know, the, the stripes were going on and on and on. And all of yeah. a sudden, when these choices had to be made, just like, I don't want to make a choice. I'm, I'm still here, am I? I saw myself looking, uh, uh, lying there in the ambulance. And when I woke up, I just popped in my body again, just like, what the? What happened here? But, that's crazy. Hello. Oh, yeah. There's so much we don't know about where we live and what happens. Yeah. And especially when you see things like, like you, it's it's not like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're using some psychedelics or stuff like that, but it's just happened to you as a kid and, um, and, 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 and until now, right? Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, I, I've tried to, I've tried to figure it out. Because as I've gotten older, it's like the occurrences have kind of like, I guess you would say, slowly tapered off. But what's weird is that, um, dude, I I had crazy stuff all the way up until actually something recently that I, it's not even in the book. But um, the, the best way I could put it is the enemy knows that I know. But the closer I stay to Christ, the farther they have to stay away, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So when I was a kid, and that's why they come after children is because children are innocent. They have no idea what they're doing. They, um, you know, it, it's they're just naive. They don't understand anything. And so the enemy can kind of mess with them because uh, the older you get and when you use your own free will, to go towards God, they have to respect that. It's like a it's like a universal law, and they have to respect your will and your choice, which is exactly why um, anyone who's possessed, you basically have to invite them in, just like yeah. you become possessed by the Holy Spirit. You have to when you get saved. It. Yeah, when you get saved, you're inviting the Holy Spirit into you. When someone becomes demon possessed they're inviting the opposite inside of them. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? And so what the, that's ultimately, that's what the enemy tries to do is they're trying to get control of you. Mm. And so if that means that they have to peck at you and peck at you and, and uh, oppress you and mess with you and influence you for 30 years, then that's what they'll do. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes they don't, you know, most of the time they don't possess people, but they, they torment them and, uh, they will hang around the person and make their lives miserable mm -hmm. because they want you to go to hell. Exactly. Right. But possessing someone is like icing on the cake for them because that allows a demon spirit to exist here on the physical plane. Whereas otherwise they wouldn't be able to do that. And that's exactly what Nate and Nathaniel pointed out that they, these, these entities, these, uh, these evil spirits, because he, he's really digging into that subject. And, and he said, I said to him, man, how do you sleep? You know, I mean, uh, but he said, uh, you have to be a very strange person to dig into that stuff because it's very dark and you yeah. could get lost, but he do, uh, does a lot of grounding. He's uh, actually today in Manchester giving a lecture about uh, the, the way he points it out. But there, there's some great stuff that he talked about that, um, uh, you know, these, these entities, they, uh, they, they're not just like band there in your life. You invited them, right? 
or they give well, energy and you are uh, open for that energy. And just like you said with the children, um, that there are, but well, a lot of children that are just, you know, talking to someone in, in the corner, just like, who's there? Oh, that's uh, so Johnny or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's more open to the portal of what, what of all the dimensions, let's say. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's lots of ways you can invite them. Like, um, you know, if you if you choose to do drugs and sleep with prostitutes and, you know, if you be, if you just, uh, saturate yourself with the worldly things and do things that Jesus basically wouldn't approve of, Mm -hmm. then essentially you are inviting them into your life. Whether, whether you acknowledge it or not, that's what you're doing little by little by little. And, uh, you become more and more dark and eventually, you know, where you are, let's say 10 years ago and you live a dark life in 20 years, who knows what you're going to be doing? Oh, you will be so depraved. And, you know, you look back and you be like, wow, I used to be like this person. Now look at me. I'm, you know, that I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that, that, you know, I would wish I had never done this or that. And now they're, you know, they're, they're struggling. And, um, it's really, it's really, sorry. Go ahead. And it's what they say, right? They, he's facing or she's facing it, uh, her demons. Right. I, you know what, where you're on that point that you can't get a grip on yourself and you can't control yourself. And I just talked to, uh, uh, well, just, just an hour ago with, uh, Eric, uh, Sinus, uh, also about addiction. It, there, there's a, there's a, uh, what's it called in, in English? Like a rat, uh, yeah, we, we call it a roy draht, a rat. Uh, uh, well, there's something that's always been there in my life, right? And right. some of these things I can control, and some of these things, it's very hard for me, just to be honest. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense to let them go because they're hard. You have to face them because they're hard. You know, it's uh, it's something that you have to deal with if you want to be a better person and to to do the things and. Uh, I was a little bit joking uh, an hour uh, before, just like when I do podcasts, I do not have the intention or the time to be lost in, for example, in porn or uh, doing drugs or drinking, uh, you know, all the stuff that uh, drinking too much coffee, stuff like that. <clears throat> there are so many things that we could be addicted to and lose ourselves in this, especially in this society that we're living in now, where everything screams use it me and, and do this and do that it's yeah. um yeah it's 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 fascinating how how, how that works uh, joseph uh or, or is it colin or is most mostly joseph colin well i i <laughs> i i always tell i always tell my uh my friends or people that i get to know i say well to put it basic um, all my jobs and my bill collectors will call me Joseph and my friends and family call me Colin. So okay. <laughs> you will definitely call me Colin. Okay. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, uh, well, just like I said, uh, snake has, has did a tremendous job about pointing some stuff out. Um, as you said, you, you were on Cliff's podcast, truth of faith. 
uh, Flat Earth Files, Fervimental, shout out to my brothers in uh, in America and uh, uh, to Raul and, and Claude, of course, for the good work. And on Fact Hunter with, with George Hobbs. Um, how did you feel when all of a sudden this book comes together and you got your pages done and you think, okay, this is, you know, we, we always want to be perfectionists, but you, you can't. There's one time that you just say, bring it out and let's see what's happening, right? right? But right. you must be very proud. Uh, but please describe how it was when you first had your first copy in your hand. Uh, it was uh, it was weird. It was like um, it was like I was looking at something somebody else did. Hmm. It was weird. It was it's strange. It's like um, I don't know. It's like it's kind of like your life becomes more real in that, uh, you know, people that live their whole life and they never do anything. Mm -hmm. They basically, they're always hearing about what somebody else did. Right. They're always reading a story or watching a movie or going to a concert. And their life is, is full of things that other people did. So when you yourself, you actually dedicate yourself and you take in your time and your energy to do something that is one of those things that other people do. And then you see it in front of you. It's like your life becomes more tangible and your life becomes more relevant. Mm. And I'm not saying that people that don't ever get to do anything, I'm not saying their lives aren't relevant. I'm just saying it's, um, you know, it's like, it's almost like you start to wake up to what this life could possibly be exactly. if that makes sense you change your reality in a good way right. you use right. your lessons and your uh your failures also to right. give it to some other people yesterday i had a very interesting podcast with uh, k monday which is a, a communica communicational coach and uh basic about people and brands about storytelling how they tell their story and everyone has a story but do they do something with it you know just like writing a book or make music or stuff like that or do, do yeah. they only enjoy it from the other ones that's what you try basically to say right and yeah i think that that's so cool because i was um i was i was making this sound uh did, did this uh this song not the sound but i was making sound while was making the song <laughs> <laughs> well, it was late night, and uh, I had this uh, this really. Uh, normally, when I talk, I could be very enthusiastic and stuff like that, and my voice is going to get higher. But somehow, on that time level, it was like two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I had a very slow, dark, normal voice for me, and just like, wow, that's it. Now I got to do something with it. So I wrote this song because it was basically about my life it's not like that the, the devil could grab me but yeah. it's always there present just like okay when you do one little mistake rob you are going to be mine so that's why you know i've been running for all my life with the devil on my heels and um to bring that out and just to record it on my on my telephone you're not professional studio and stuff like that and just you know take guitar and do that stuff 
and you mentioned it. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, Eric said it before, and then uh, a lot of other people say that just great song, you know, and that uh, that does good energy for me because I brought it out because I felt related to that story just like you have with a story that maybe people can wrap their head around, but it's there, right? You saw it, you experienced it, and that makes it so uh, unique and authentic. And what better to spread this uh, uh, this word? And to be honest with you, Colin, you are going to be famous because today on Instagram, I saw already that Raul had the, the first copy in his hand. So this is going to be amazing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh, and I just want to say, I think your English is really, really good. Like, I can't even imagine... Is it? Are you Norwegian or what is your um, background? No, I'm I'm Dutch. So uh, I'm Dutch. I'm sorry. I was uh, raised uh, with two languages with uh, with German and with Dutch. But my father was a German. Yeah. Uh, but my basically normally language is uh, as uh, is Dutch. Uh, I always was interested in, uh, in languages and. Uh, the funny thing is when you look at TV here, and I'm talking about like 30, 40 years ago. There were only like three or four programs on the television. Yep. <clears throat> Every um, other language is just subtitled with Dutch. So you listen to the people saying in their original uh, language, and uh, if you if you you know interesting in, uh, interested in some languages, you you can pick stuff up. Um, and and just to be honest. Uh, metal music and uh, when we purchased an album in the early days you know the first thing you did was taking out the song text put on your headphones and just you know yeah oh what are you what are you reading and what are you chatting right so there's a, there's a point of interest too uh, sometimes now when I listen to the music that I used to listen to it's like okay there are some uh, <laughs> there's some deceiving and there's some devil uh, lyrics too but uh yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, basically, I like to communicate with people, even if uh, uh, if it's not in uh, in in, uh, in the language that I used to. I I really like to, you know, even uh, even with eye contact, with body language, or with your hand and feet, as we say here, you know, try to communicate, you know. And uh, there are always some things that we can communicate with each other over the whole world. Uh, just like if you cut yourself, you you say probably "ow" or "ouch." Well, I, I don't think that Chinese people say something different, right? So we have a lot of things as right in common. As uh, when somebody sneezes, it's always the same. You know, it's it's not like oh that that one sneezes Chinese or that one you know or Russian. No, it's it's all the same. So there are also basic things that uh, connects us, and uh, yeah, I, I really like that, and. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that uh, ah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I wanted I was gonna say that um, because I know just from talking to Raul, because you know when he he hit me up when he was gonna do it, and he was nervous, you know, and that's understandable. Like to do a podcast is not an easy thing to do. Just from talking to George, talking to Scipio, talking to Raul, it's not an easy thing, man. They may they may make look at they they make it look easy. Mm -hmm. But it's not. So 
you're doing this all by yourself, you know, and, and, uh, from what I've heard, you speak to everyone in English. So English not being your, your first language, my hat's off to you, bro. That's, that's commendable. Like seriously, like it's, um, what you're doing is really awesome. And plus you got it, you know, you got a great personality, you communicate really well to people. Um, so I think you're an awesome dude. So I think you're doing a great job. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I try to do my best. And the, the thing is, um, I started now like two months ago, more seriously, uh, talking to Raul about, you know, getting him on a podcast and Alex and, and, and uh, I was connected to, to snake and, and all of a sudden, you know, he said, come on, man, we, we I'm going to find you guests. And within a few weeks, I got, uh, David Wise, Mark Sargent and, and other people that I, nobody knows. That's what I like. Because everyone has a story, and <clears throat> basically one of the the, the, the things I want to do is bring out the message that even if you do not know each other, there are so many things that you do not know from each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the thing, and I, I cried when I saw that. It was on, I think it was on television quite a while ago, uh, or on TikTok or something like that. Um, there was this homeless man. And it was a quite a young man, like 21, 22. And he had a really rough life. And I don't know what happened to him, but the, the fact was he was homeless. And this interviewer said, what would you like? What, 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 what would be your wish? And I got goosebumps all over. Oh, I, guess. <laughs> I want to be treated as a human. Wow. Just like, wow. If you look at that perspective of that man and these women and these these people that are living on the street and not not like they 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 have the plan to to get kicked out of the house or whatever you know it's it's not like okay oh next week we're going to be homeless because that's one of the the greatest things to achieve in life but uh, you know everyone has a story and everyone has a struggle that they fight and. Um, when you communicate with these beautiful people like we do now, uh, there's always something that we can learn from each other, and uh, the, I think that's the that's the the biggest message. And uh, and also the uh, the organized world, as we know, is so messed up that it's going to be disorganized. And I'm going to pull that veil off, you know, <laughs> just like tell them, then, okay, that's uh, oh, now my telephone is. Uh, because I said disorganized, right? And then my telephone says, all of you, the AI says, hey, you talk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's thank you. That's for actually. Coming, yeah, absolutely, bro. You're welcome. Um, I've always been I've always, I was raised and taught to give credit where credit's due. I'm a firm believer in that, you know, so if I give you a compliment, I'm not just talking out of my butt. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Um so yeah, and the like kind of uh, piggyback of what you're saying about the podcast and reaching these people, um, that's that is like kind of the main reason why I did my book is because in my book I say that I'm certain that all, if not every person, I'd say most people, if not every person, has experienced at least one thing in their life that they don't know what it is, they don't want to talk about it. You know, it gives heebie-jeebies, um, makes them uncomfortable or whatever. 
you know, I, I sincerely believe that. And I think by writing this book and me sharing, and let's be honest, this is the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life. But at the same time, it's the most liberating and the most freeing I've ever been in my life. Mm. So, um, you know, it's like, so I, I did that so that I could reach people. And I'm certain that, you you, you know, it, someone who's not a Christian, someone who doesn't never heard any of the things I'm talking about, they'll read this book and they'll be like, dude, that happened to me. Or this chapter, that happened to me. You see what I'm saying? So, uh I've had lots of stuff happen to me and the average person obviously hasn't had all that happen to them, but they've had at least one thing mm -hmm. where they can resonate with what I'm saying. You feel I, me? Could you talk to your um, family and friends about these things that happened to you or was it something that you had to deal with by yourself? Um, for most of my life, I dealt with it by myself because uh, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like when you, it'd be like if, let's say, let's say your closest group of friends, right? Let's say that just hypothetically, let's say that you went somewhere one day and you just happened to run into some crazy celebrity, right? And, And the, let's say the celebrity um, really enjoyed talking to you and you guys sat down and they happened to be getting some food and you were getting some food and you guys hung out for 20 minutes and shared a coffee or something. Mm -hmm. And then you go home and then you tell all your friends, dude, you guys aren't going to believe what happened. They're not going to believe you. They're going to be like, okay, buddy, whatever. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's kind of like that, but not, I'm just trying to use an analogy where Uh, these things that happen to you, you you try to talk to someone, especially if you're a kid. Kids make stuff up all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, how do you say this to people without looking like you're nuts or something? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, ready for the and, funny farm. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, and I, the first person I brought it up to was my mom. And I told her about seeing... Elijah or Moses or whoever it was in the mm -hmm. sky. And she didn't know what to think. She just kind of looked at me and she's like, wow, Colin, that's, that's remarkable. And I'm just like, and I was kind of nervous when to waiting to see what she would say about it. Yeah. But I respect her so much. And I, and I, you know, she was the most spiritual person in my life. So she had, she, you know, she knew the Bible. And so I'm thinking, you know, I was scared to bring it up to her, but I did. And, by her reaction, it kind of confirmed to me my suspicions on how people would receive me mm. or perceive what I was saying. So, yeah, it's been very difficult my whole life, but um, I tell you what, man, it's it has it has opened my eyes to how things really are, mm. and when I first learned of uh, the biblical cosmology. And I like I told George Hobbs, I don't like using the term flat earth because there's so much negativity. There's so much disinformation. And let's face it, there's a bunch of whack jobs out there yep. that, you know, they use the term flat earth. So um, we wouldn't have flat earth if it wasn't for 
uh, biblical cosmology, the true the true cosmology that's in the Bible that's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like some little trolls came in the night and rewrote the Bible. It's been in the Bible the whole time. Yeah, so, and uh, also in in other religions, they pointed out that we're living in, you know, and right. yeah, and um, not to interrupt you, but uh, that's fine. I, I saw that uh, it's the same like when you see something that you can't comprehend with, with your head around, you know, it's the same like, oh, wait a minute, I dig into something and I say, say it's a the biblical cosmology, like the earth is flat for, 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 the, uh, for the better understanding. Just like if you go to your friends, you can hang around with them, you can listen to music, you can talk about, well, almost anything because everyone knows where to talk about with the individuals, right? Yeah. When you bring it up, just like they they think I'm nuts. Yeah. That's, absolutely. But that's the thing too, you know. There are a lot of people isolated with some kind of truth, just like what you have, right? You see things or you experience things, and you can't talk to a normal person about it because they would, they would, they would just call the the uh, you know the what's the mental institution, just like oh well, we got a lawyer over here, you know. And, yeah. that, and that's that's um, that's very uh, that's very sad because when we open up and when you bring out your book and people are gonna read it, they will know, and uh, because of your experience, yeah, what is going on? It well, not what's going on in this world, but that there's another perspective where you can look at some things that happen and things that are there. Maybe not for you to see. I describe yeah. it as like an LSD trip. I'm sitting in my own house, and all of a sudden I see things that are not there. But you know, my mind makes that. But what if you 100% sober, and you just see something that you just can't comprehend with your mind? Just like what was that? Do you put it away, or you want to talk about it like you do? You know, you 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 make a book out of it. But the funny thing is, if you don't normally do that, oh, guess what I saw now? I saw a floating uh, uh, pink elephant in the sky. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's you know, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I forget where I was, but um, I was gonna say uh, when you, yeah, when you talk about this stuff and um, yeah, like I said before. I, I hopefully I can kind of like what you just said. I hopefully I can bring closure or an explanation or bring clarity to something that's happened to somebody. And they're like, Oh, is that what that was? You see what I mean? Like, um, I guarantee it, bro. Cause like I've talked to friends and they're like, yeah, you know, and I could tell it's like bothering them. They don't want to talk about it. But then as we share each other's stories, they kind of come out of the shell and they say, well, yeah, this and this happened, but I don't know. I don't know. And they just kind of brush it off. And like, kind of like when you're a kid, like you hear a noise and you go under the covers, like it's, it's, it's just my imagination. It'll go away. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, exactly. that's how we are as adults. We like, we just brush it off and like, ah, it's whatever. It's just my imagination. See, what I think happens is, um, honestly, bro, I think when we do drugs and obviously certain drugs are different than others, but I think when we do, uh, hallucinations or psychedelics mm-hmm. um, I think actually what's happening is that you kind of like a kind of like when you have a scope 
like a telescope and you have to like focus it right yeah you have to focus the scope to get a clearer picture of what you're looking at uh-huh i think the human body the way god made us is so extraordinary that when we introduce chemicals or drugs or psychedelics or whatever i think what happens is whether it's the pineal gland or i don't know exactly how it works i think what it's doing is that it's kind of um refocusing the lens so to speak and it allows us to see what normally we wouldn't see and so that's why god doesn't he he absolutely forbids he says do not mess with divination do not mess with uh, fortune tellers do not mess with this that and the other not because it's stupid or fake it's because it's very real so when you're messing with this stuff and people are to oh you know they they tell you these things about your future and this and that it's um we're messing with we're basically messing with the inner workings of our reality mm-hmm. and we're basically uh committing you know like a red flag on the field like penalty foul like you're not supposed to be doing you see what i mean Mm. and it makes sense and and of course there are a lot of uh let's call it drugs for for the for the easy part but uh that god made right to 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 connect to the divine in in my opinion right um but the thing is if, if you are if you if you do these things, it can give you a warm hand and grab you to okay. You have some issues. I'm going to show you some, but it could also be like messing with you. And I always say that you need to know what you what kind of stuff that you took. Where are you? And the most uh, uh, most important one who are you if you're dealing with some stuff in your personal life or in your business life or whatever you gonna face the demons right so and with that said that they can attack you because you're open you're vulnerable on that moment for that kind of entities or or uh, energies and i think it's very fascinating to see that um especially in this world there are some uh places where we gonna uh experience them more just like raul said in new mexico there's so much stuff happening he encountered also a few things just like whoa what the hell and maybe it's something that uh is energetic which is um it's some kind of consciousness but like everything that's light and dark and you know the uh black and black and white uh yeah that if you don't have the balance and you don't see through it it could really uh put you down and uh nathaniel told me about it in the podcast that it could like 30 40 years these uh energies can drain you down and uh that is what happens when you are just like you said, you know, more into the the, the wrong stuff for yourself, uh, as me, um, and when you can face the positive things of life. And there are a lot of people struggling with it nowadays because uh, life is hard for a lot of people. You know, they work their asses off and uh, they make just enough money to pay the rent, uh, 
gasoline to 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 drive to the to to work, and maybe have a you know a little bit money over to to do some nice things and to to eat. So the pressure from society is more and more and more. But that's also some kind of veil they want to push on you, just like oh the dark side, right? So if you look at that on a different perspective. And you calculate it just like you did when you write the book. You know, you you think about the experience, experience that you had, and you know what was the message. What uh, is is there always some kind of message in, in the things you encountered that you think? Um, is what you mean? Was there a message for me in particular? The guy yeah, trying to show you wrote the, these things down. So, so you encounter some things, and uh, uh, is something like okay, this is a uh, uh, something wants to be shown to me, and I am the one that gonna illustrate that to put it out to the others. Right. Yeah. Um, what What's interesting is uh, there was, and I think it's chapter. What is it? Chapter seven, maybe. I was, uh, we lived on a house in Vista, California, and um, this house was, this place it had a pentagram on the wall when we moved in, and and uh, the landlord was a piece of trash, and this guy was a piece of work. But um, at this house, um, that's where I had one of my out of body experiences. And what's interesting to me is that. There was an entity. I remember seeing my body, and I had just got back from fifth grade camp, and I made this necklace, and it was I made it out of like yellow and green, like cotton or whatever, uh-huh. and it had like a piece piece of leather that all of us kids got to stamp, like up at Palomar Mountain, we got to stamp it with different symbols and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was in the shape of an arrowhead, and it was a cool necklace that I brought home with me, and I was all stoked about. It. I was happy that I made it, you know. And, I had it sitting on my wicker basket at the foot of my bed. And when I was, I remember I woke up in my dream and I was hovering above my, I believe it was my chest, either my chest or my head. I couldn't really tell. Uh But that always seems to be where I was whenever this would happen. I'd be hovering above my kind of face chest area. And there is an entity to my left that I couldn't, it's like I wasn't able to look at him but I could see that he was either crouching or kneeling down next to my bed. And he was like whispering to me and he was like goading me. He was like trying to get me to, um, it's like he was trying to get me to tap into something that I had. Hmm. It was very bizarre. Uh, on a positive way or on a negative way? Uh, well, I, I, I perceived it as negative for sure. So this is the only time I've ever been able to do this. I've never tried to do it again because I know, I know what that means and what that implies. And God says, stay away from it. Mm. So, uh, what happened was I could feel my chest spinning almost like, um, like if you have a sink full of water, yeah, you pull, yeah. The, you pull the plug and the water goes. So as it, as it goes down and cyclones down, that's what I was feeling in my chest. I was feeling my chest spinning. But at the same time, I remember I looked at the feet of my feet and I could see at the foot of my bed, I saw the necklace. The necklace rose up in the air and it was spinning and spinning. 
and it was in sync with my chest. And I remember this entity, this entity was saying, you can do it. You can do it, Colin, you can do it. And as soon as I realized that I was doing that, that I was controlling the necklace, it scared the crap out of me. And I woke up and I jumped out of my bed and I ran and I jumped to my mom's bed and I was scared. I've never tried to do it again. But what's interesting to me is, is uh, I, I think that I have some type of ability, I guess. I, I don't know. Do you I've never you tried something like that? I guess. I don't know. So maybe that, maybe that is why I was targeted. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like I told Scipio, um, all these different things happen to me and I've never tried to do anything. So huh. it's like, they're coming to me for some bizarre reason. And Colin, I, I'm thinking, but just hypothetically or theoretically or whatever it's called. If you have, a DNA string, which is, uh, of course, a lot of data. And what you said that probably one of your grand, uh, 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 forefathers, grandfather, yeah, was in, in a mason, masonry. Um, what if these uh, knowledge that they gained, like, you know, from, from generation to generation is stored in your DNA and you don't have to uh, learn it again because it's already in the system and yeah. that you are now on this world and that it's going to be on uh, in you is, of course, very special. But that could be, of course, a plausible thing, you know, because the, the DNA is the biggest data storage there is in the world. Sorry. No, no uh, problem. Um, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it, it, I've thought about that. You mean like, uh, kind of, what are the, what do they call it? Um, heretic, heretical, kind of like stuff that's passed down through genetics. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, maybe, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I don't know, no. but, do, uh, I, do you, um, so, so you are uh, the fifth of six children. Are they all uh, mixed up, like like uh, girls and, and boys? Only boys? Yeah, so I'm I'm the youngest boy. So there's four boys that were born to our family. I'm number four, and there's two girls. So I was stuck in between two girls. <laughs> so I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest boy, but uh, I'm number five of six. So yeah. And there was always someone around in the house, right? Always. Wow. And did do one of your <clears throat> sisters or brothers also experience something that you experienced or are you just the only one in the family? Um my oldest brother. I'm sorry, hold on one second. Yeah, no props. Yes, but only on the table. Thank you, baby. I love you. Okay, that's fine. Six-year-old daughter, bro. Oh, that's... she's one. She, uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she's letting me know that she opened the slime and the glitter. I was like, okay, make sure it's on the table. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, about my other siblings, I know my oldest brother Neil. He's a firstborn. He experienced some crazy stuff. He told me some crazy stuff. Uh, none of my siblings 
have experienced the amount, the quantity of things that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of my siblings, I don't think experienced anything, but I know Neil did. He's got some pretty gnarly stories, dude. From we're from Missouri, Lebanon, Missouri, uh-huh. and um, that place, boy. Let me tell you, there's a lot of devil worshippers and just just whack jobs in Missouri, all yeah, over the country. Satanic stuff, right? <clears throat> yeah, and stuff. And um, so we were like, we were kind of like a a grain of salt in a pepper factory. You know what I mean? It's like we were we were in the middle of it. And, uh, luckily my parents decided to take us out of all that, but yeah, I, I think, um, like that one house where I was with the necklace, mm-hmm. my, on the ground. Youngest, yeah, my youngest sister, Erin, she told me that, um, one time she saw, she saw Leah, my sister. And, but what's funny is that, uh, my sister Leah was actually at her friend's house. She wasn't even home. Huh. And my, I remember talking to my mom and my sister about this and my sister was young and she came out of the bedroom and she saw Leah, the back of Leah's head walking down the hall and Aaron, my sister said, Leah, she tried to get her attention and this entity just ignored her and kept walking. And then, and then Aaron said, Leah, she tried to like ran after her and she disappeared. And so Aaron goes and gets my mom. She's like, mom, Leah's being a brat. And as soon as she said that, my mom said hair stood up on her, on her neck and her arms because she knew where Leah was. She knew Leah was like 50 miles away at a friend's house or something. And so my mom was like, Oh, it's okay, sweetie. Leah's Leah can be a stinker sometimes. And so she made sure to occupy my sister, Aaron with something else until Leah got home Hmm. because she didn't want to freak out Aaron. But yeah, Aaron and then, you know, now Aaron's an adult now, but she's like, yeah, that was creepy. I totally saw Leah. I was like, I had to tell you, and that wasn't Leah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking with Nathaniel about it. Uh, these entities, these energies, they can, they they can put up an image that you really think that's the person that you love, the the football star, oh, yeah. uh, alien, whatever. You know that they can yeah. just do it. So, and that's very interesting because what's the purpose of doing that, right? That's, that's, of course, uh, a big, big question for us. Um, Colin, uh, you, you all, all also draw the pictures that you uh, uh, illustrate in your book, right? Uh, have yeah. you always been a, a, a drawer? Is, it, is, that the, is that the right word? Drawer? Yeah, drawer, artist, yeah, whatever. Oh, um, yeah, ours. I prefer ours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's funny is that I've always had the ability, um, and I get it from my mom because my mom was an amazing artist. She could draw, like her abilities were, were really good, bro. And I know had I, had I tried to pursue like, you know, um, real quick. Um, so ever since I was little, I could draw and I would always, I would always intentionally try to draw something from my imagination because anytime I drew something like copied it, it wasn't a challenge to me. It was, it just seemed boring and too easy to me. So I would always try to draw something that I could think of. And I would try to imagine a perspective. Like I would try to draw, you know, like a three-dimensional image, just to challenge myself to see if I could capture that image from my mind and put it onto paper. And so I've always been like that. And when I was in high school, my teacher, 
my teacher had us draw this project. You know, it was like a, a, he wanted us to draw. He said, come up with a character, anything you want. Um, you know, obviously don't make it dirty or gross or whatever. He said, come up with a character. And, and he said, draw it from a human's eye view, a bird's eye view, and a worm's eye view. And when he said that, I was like, oh, goody gumdrops. I was like, this is, this is exactly what I like to do. So I was in class and I did. I came up with a character and I named him Daily. But I made him, he was this fat, bald reporter from like a newspaper reporter. Mm-hmm. And so his, the, the name of my, the name of my character in my drawing was Daily's News. And so my teacher, he laughed. He, he got a good chuckle out of that. And so I drew a picture of his boss, you know, his boss was, you know, give reading him the riot and they, you know, busting his chops. And so you got human's eye view of that. And then a bird's eye view looking down on him and then a worm's eye view looking up at him. And I, and I encapsulated all of it in one drawing. Wow. My teacher was like, he's like, wow, this is really good. And, uh, and so he's like, Hey, um, if, would you want to do like, if I got you a scholarship, would you want to pursue art? And I was I was dumb. You know, I was like 16. My brother had just died. My brother Wes had died. And uh, I was smoking pot all the time. And, um, you know, our family was going through hiatus and it was a rocky time in my life. And and I didn't I didn't take advantage of it. And had I done that, I undoubtedly I would have um, I would have tapped into a skill that God gave me. Mm. And I most definitely I think I would have been better than my mom ever was but i was stupid you know and i and i blew it off and uh but what's cool is that god was able to reignite that skill that i have and i've always had because the last time i really drew something was like in high school and then you know a few years ago i drew a character i was playing this rpg role-playing game with my buddy and he's like hey you can draw your own character i was like really and so i kind of intrigued Drew my own character, and then, you know, a year, two years, whatever it was later, that's when I finally decided to sit down and, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write my book. I'm going to write my testimony. And uh, I'm not going to lie, my drawings, they sucked. When I first started doing the drawings, they were horrible. And I would crumple them up and throw them in the trash. But then once all the rust got knocked off, Mm -hmm. knocked off all the rust, and then I started seeing the images and it started transferring into my hand and I could draw again that's when it started flowing you know and it was actually it was actually easier to write the story than it was to draw the pictures (laughs) (laughs) because because all the stories were in my mind like yeah exactly but I would just put them on paper is different yeah and my and my aunt Mary she was like she read it she came down and visited my mom thank god before my mom died and and I gave in. I gave the rough copy to my mom, and her and my Aunt Mary read it. And my Aunt Mary was like, "Colin, she's like, did all these things happen to you?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "I have to ask." She's like, "How do you remember all these things?" I was like, "Well, uh, let me put it to you this way." I said, "Try to think of something that's happened to you that's traumatic that you're never gonna forget, right?" And she's like, "Right." I was like, "Yeah, I've had lots of those." I've had lots of those situations where I'm never going to get, I'm never going to forget what happened to me mm. what ha- and how it happened. Cause you know, something that happened to you in your life, something that's crazy, right? That's been seared into your mind. 
you know what you were wearing, you know what you were eating, you know there's certain Everything. details that you're not gonna forget, right? Exactly. It's kinda like whenever you ask people like, Oh, where were you when JFK was shot? Everyone can tell you. Everybody yeah. knows what was happening, you know, or let's say, where were you in nine eleven when the Twin Towers I can tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, me too. So it, like, yeah, like that. Like a very crazy event happens in your life where it's it's been tattooed on your brain. Yeah, yeah. It's an impact. It's trauma based uh yeah. stuff to exactly do all what whatever happens, right? Because you, you just like you said, you can you, you can see the room where you are or the place, the the, the yeah. smell, the everything. Very very fascinating also because when you use that ability, you can also, um, and I was talking about uh, uh, my girlfriend about it. She said, how do you sometimes have these vivid memories? And the funny thing is, she has very vivid dreams. I do have sometimes, but not that much. She has always right. crazy dreams. So I said, both of these things happen. And your mind doesn't know if it's true or not true. Or if you're dreaming, you wake up and you think that you dreamt it. Yeah. Sometimes when I go to bed, 51 years young now, I go very healthy to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, just like, what the hell happened yesterday evening, man? Uh, you know, my, my, my limbs are a little bit sore, just like, what was I doing? And then I remember my dream, just like, oh, I think I was running. I never run. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> it's it's really crazy that... <clears throat> uh, and, and the funny thing is, when I talk about her just like a normal uh, subject, like, uh, oh, you do remember when we went to the restaurant and we had a coffee? Nothing yeah. pops up. Nothing. But the more clues I give her, all of a sudden she, oh, yeah, with the... The, the the guy with the black jacket and there was a door on the right. Then all, all of a sudden you right. can create this reality again. Very right. fascinating. Very fascinating. It's interesting, right? Yeah. What's what's really cool? Well, I guess it's cool is is that I believe it was. I think it's the first out of body experience I had, which is really strange to me. Is that uh, I literally, I guess you could say, flew over to my kindergarten teacher's house. Mrs. Wolf, and uh, it's so strange. Like, I remember, I remember waking up in my mind in my dream, and I remember, like, I was coming, I was, I was, I guess, hovering or flying mm -hmm. towards her front door, and I just remember going through her door, and I could see inside of her house, and I'm talking, I saw straight ahead of me the kitchen, and I. I did in in the book. I didn't draw down the hall because just for purposes of of the drawing, I needed to draw it the way I did. But I remember looking down to my right, or to, I looked to my right, and I could see they had like a den, and it had like a step down, and there was a recliner and like a bookshelf. I remember I remembered all this stuff, and what's weird is that that's the only out of body experience that I've ever had like that, where I was literally like flying across town. Like, I don't even know. I don't know if I just all of a sudden appeared there or if I actually flew, like left my body and flew all the way over there. I don't know. I don't know because I just remember, like I came to in my mind when I was going pretty much approaching her, the front of her house and I went through the front door. And what's, what's really strange, bro, is like 
I want to say two or three weeks or something later, my mom was like, Hey, call in and get your sister, Aaron. Um, Mrs. Wolf is going to babysit you guys. Cause I got to run some errands. I got to do this, that, and the other. I was like, okay, mom, I had never been to Mrs. Wolf's house. Never been there. <laughs> but I, but I went there in my out of, in my astral projection, my out of body experience, whatever. So we pull up to the house and I'm like, this is weird. And like, it's familiar, but I'm like, I've never been here. And, and I remember we were walking up to the front door. And as soon as we get up to the front door, it came back to me. Like my, why out of experience, my, the memory, I was like, ah, and then Mrs. Wolf opens the door. And when she opened the door, I could see past her. I could see the kitchen. And I'm just like goosebumps all over my body. I'm like, like I didn't say nothing to nobody. Yeah, bro. It was so I I don't so when when you hear about the CIA and you know mm-hmm. the NSA or whoever it is that remote viewing and stuff like that. Like the Nazis, the Nazis were all into that. The occult, they're all into remote viewing and all that's basically what they do. Mm. But I don't know how they do it. I just know that I did it and I wasn't trying to do it. So what that means, I don't know. Um but I, there's no doubt in my mind that if I wanted to do it, I, I think I have the, I would have the ability to do things that would blow people's minds, but I'm not about to do it because I know what that means. So it's a very interesting position to be in, um, uh, kind of mm-hmm. seeing, kind of seeing both, seeing both sides of the chessboard. Yeah. Like I know, like to, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I know what could happen. And I, if, if I really wanted to, like if I had joined the military and they found out I could do these things, there's no telling where I would be, bro. I, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. No, I probably, and the you know question I mean? that came up, uh, as you, as you told this story about Mrs. Wolf, it is like, um, okay, that there are some things that you encounter that you do not want to dig into because it's a, really the dark side and stuff like that. But, uh, like astral projecting that's really cool right i mean it's it's really cool that you can be somewhere else but it's uh, early i think that what, what you mean uh, uh trying to say is that uh you are in another dimension of that type and you don't know what's messing with you in that dimension yeah i don't yeah and i know that the uh nathaniel pointed it out also he was like uh getting a burger with his with his dad and all of a sudden, he he thought about a beach somewhere, and um, that same day, he he was like a few hundred miles away from a okay, few hundred miles away from a, uh from that beach. But uh, friends of him called him just like, "Were you here today? Are you in the neighborhood?" He said, "No." Oh, I heard that episode. I heard that. That's crazy, man. But I this had episode. But we, I think we all have this ability. Yeah. The only question is, what do you do with it, right? So he he's trying to, uh, or he uses this in the benefit to to solve cases and stuff like that. And these wow. are like demon possessed stuff. So I know that you're a little bit freaking out. You know, if if you do that, it's not like oh, um, I'm going to get an ice cream. Oh, I'm going to astral project. To somewhere <laughs> you know that right right yeah because you don't know because he also was seen on this beach wow so 
probably when you astral project to Mrs. Wolf and Mrs. Wolf is home and she only uh, she all of a sudden sees Colin popping up in the bathroom or something like that. Just like, what the hell? And just like the encounter that your uh, that your sister did, you can't tell if it's real or not, right? It's a projection right. of so that's that's so fascinating. Well, I think I'm pretty sure that when I did it, it was probably like, you know, during the night, early in the morning or something. Because I remember when I went into her house, all the lights were off. It was dark. Well, I could still see, but I just got the impression it was like probably three in the morning or something. Huh. And uh, there was nobody around. I could tell, you know, everybody was asleep. That's just so. And that, and then that, that made me contemplate and think about the fact that I wonder how many times people that see stuff if they're actually seeing another person just astral projecting and it's not a ghost at all. I see that. Said? Like, I wonder how many times it's actually happened. And uh, it's bizarre. Oh. I think that that, that uh, uh, Robert Greer did this, this professor, the doctor, he, he did it also, you know, like meditating and if you take care of your food and, and you do sure. fasting and stuff like that, really crazy things can happen to you the the question is just like you say and just like what your opinion is is this a something that is normal to do and what can you encounter in these things you know just like if you if i look at uh supernatural you know the two dudes you know do the daunting and stuff like that but what they encounter i do not want to encounter that that that's no no and that's exactly what you say all right Huh. Yeah, yeah. It's, Tell uh, me, uh, Colin, you know quite a bit about the large bronze pool uh, commissioned by, to the build of the King Solomon uh, and the Huron, called the. Oh yeah, sea. yeah. That's that's interesting. You uh, brought that up. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Um, so that's really how all of it, how my journey, right? My journey with podcasting and meeting all these awesome people. It all started when I was reading the Bible, and every time I read the Bible, I pray and I ask God, you know, Lord, give me your wisdom, your 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 discernment, your understanding. I pray that you allow me to understand what I normally wouldn't, right? Because all knowledge and wisdom comes from him anyways. Mm. So by reading the Bible one time, I came across, I want to say it was Chronicles, and I was reading about Solomon, and he built a temple, and then it I came across this thing called the Brazen Sea, and I was like, the Brazen Sea? And my mom gave me a book, a Matthew Henry's Commentary, which is an awesome book. And then she also gave me a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. So if you have these, a, con a concordance and a Matthew Henry's Commentary, it's it allows you to um, like investigate the Bible, basically. Okay. And so, And so when I came across the Brazen Sea, I was like, pause so i went and grabbed the books and i started flipping to it i found it and i was like what in the world and i started re reading all the details about it and i'm telling you bro i know i'm right about this and it's something that has been in the bible this entire time huh. i believe that the brazen sea is a small scale version of our earth and so 
what's really strange is that it has the very same exact characteristics as the earth. So God, because, you know, the Bible references itself, right? When you uh-huh. read the whole Bible, you'll come across a passage and be like, oh, that's what that passage was talking about. Like crazy stuff. And so, um, so, so in the Bible, it talks about the earth. It gives different characteristics of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and God calls the earth his footstool numerous times. And then I believe it was David who said, let us go down and worship at his footstool. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense unless, and because I started reading all the characteristics of the brazen sea, I was like, could it be? I was like, no, that's crazy. That could not be. And I kept reading all these characteristics. I was like, wait a second. And then I came across a passage in Psalms where David said, you know, let us worship at his footstool. I was like, no way. And then once it hit me, bro, like my whole body was just washed with like goosebumps. And I got like this crazy epiphany. I was like, did I seriously just come across something that, huh. that, that far out? Like, no way. And so, uh, I'm telling you, dude, it's, it's very, very, um, it's very eye opening because it talks about the brazen sea has the brazen sea sat on 12 oxen, mm-hmm. just like pillars, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, the brazen sea, the way it's shaped basically like a, like a giant bowl, almost like a, like a basin almost. Okay. But it, this is what's really weird is that, um, and I did, this all happened probably in like 2015, maybe. Uh-huh. So, um, and that's and around that time is when I first saw this video, it was an interview, like an old interview of August, August Picard. And he's an old, you know, he's dead now, but uh, back in like 1931, Hallboy, he's like this Polish scientist, super smart dude. He and his cousin, I believe, they handmade their own, they called it a gondola, which is basically like a capsule uh-huh. that was attached to a hot air balloon. And he was the first man ever to reach above 50,000 feet. So he did that back in 1931, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure. Uh, back then, when he did that, there's no, there's not going to be hardly any pollution, right? There's not going to be a bunch of ambient light like we have now. No, right? So if you were to get that high up in the air, it would be crystal clear, like you would be able to see way farther. Like the atmosphere wouldn't be nearly as opaque mm-hmm. kind of like uh cloudy or murky you know yeah yeah like kind of like when you when you're in an airplane and you fly into a major city like los angeles you're flying into los angeles you can literally see a layer of filth smog. like disgusting smog nastiness you can't see through that stuff so back in 1931 he would have been way above everything and he would have been able to see like way far out there exactly and so when he got back to Earth, the reporter said, oh, Mr. Picard, what did you see? What did the Earth look like? She said something like that. And he said, the Earth looked to be flat with upturned edges. Ha. Huh. And this is what's interesting. When I read about the Brazen Sea, it said the Brazen Sea had the, the brim of it is like a tulip. 
Uh-huh. I was like, upturned, yeah. turned edge. Huh. So I started putting all this together and I'm like, dude, that is so crazy. And so then I started learning about the farming bit. Bro, I'm telling you. <laughs> what what I learned about the firmament is um what I, I should say what I think I know about the firmament I don't actually know but just from what I'm able to gather and what makes sense to me is like I told Raul and Raul was his head was spinning bro he was yeah <laughs> I I love that guy me and Raul talk all the time and uh he's dude he's a he's such a character bro so I love him um. Uh, yeah, I was telling him on one of the interviews on the podcast, I was telling him what I think what I think about the firmament, and he was blown away. And I was like, dude, I think I'm right about this because I'd seen this video of this guy who had like a crazy magnet, right? And he poured, uh, uh, what was it, nitroglycerin over the magnet. Uh-huh. And then he poured liquid oxygen over the magnet. And what happened was the liquid oxygen started turning sky blue, started turning blue, and it started sticking to the magnet. Ha! It was bizarre. And it started forming like a bridge. And I was like, wait, 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 wait a second. And so then, then I stopped and I started looking up uh, liquid oxygen and does it have uh, magnetic properties? Can electromagnetism, how does it affect liquid oxygen? And sure enough, there's all these scientists that apparently this is a known thing, and I believe the medical field, uh-huh. like they do something, there's something they do, I forget what they said, but it's, it's like they know this will happen with liquid oxygen, but um, so I applied that to the firmament, and I'm like, well, wait a second, if the earth, if the earth is a toroidal, and I'm certain that it is, yeah, absolutely. and the earth you know, so they're saying Mount Maru, like no one knows if Mount Maru exists. I think it does. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually the mountain that Lucifer took Jesus on top of. And I think he took Jesus on top of him and he showed him the world. Because how are you going to show him the world from one location? Unless you're on top of, like basically you're in the center of the earth and you can see everything around you. Wow. So I think he was on Mount Maru. I don't know that. It's just my own opinion. Uh-huh. But uh, I thought, yeah. Mount Maru is basically a mountain that's made out of magnetite, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Ruben and so. Rubenigra, also, right? Right. Ruben Nigra. And then the, the company BlackRock. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. I think it's too much coincidence. Yeah. I so, say, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coincidence coins. Yeah. So, uh, so I started putting all this together. And I was like, dude, that's really bizarre. So. If the Earth is basically a toroidal, and you got the magnetic coming up from the North Pole going up and out, uh, and then I thought about that passage in Revelation talking about that it says that the Earth is shaken and the sky rolls up like a scroll. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that the firmament, the firmament literally rolls up like a scroll and disappears. And I think the reason why it's going to do that is because the magnetic fields of the earth are going to be messed with. And I believe that's what they're doing with CERN. I think CERN has something to do with, um, I think they're, I don't know exactly what they're doing with CERN, but what I do know is that it's a 17 mile track under like a, almost like a racetrack 
underneath the ground in what Switzerland? Yeah, Switzerland. And what they yeah. do is they charge it up like massive amount of charging, and that's and they use these giant magnetic rings. So so if you understand what I'm saying, I think yeah. it's going to happen. Whether they're intentionally going to try and do it or they do it because something goes haywire and it causes a massive, you know, electromagnetic burst that goes out and it basically short circuits the Earth's magnetic field. And in in doing so, that would cause the firmament to basically roll up like a scroll. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I think it's possible. Holy shit. I think it's possible that the firmament is is kept in place and it's kept intact and it functions through electromagnetism. Huh. I don't know that, but it seems to make sense. It's a possibility that that could be very, very close. <laughs> yeah. Holy it's crazy. Uh, and then I also wanted to say uh, something I've, I've been thinking about the firmament more, and I honestly believe, just reading scripture, I think the firmament, God made it in layers. And by that, I mean, um, have you ever seen that video, the Go Fast Rocket? Like, yeah. Uh, like yeah. 2016 or whatever it was. Uh-huh. So it's going, it's going, it's going. And all of a sudden, this, if you, if you, if you, li- if you watch the video and you listen, before, before the rocket stops, uh-huh. the sound actually cuts out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The sound actually. Deep dive on the water or something like that. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's almost like the rocket is um like a sound dampening. Mm. Uh so I think and Scipio hats off to him, the guy is he's so smart. So I was talking to him about this and I kept calling it the slurry, the slurry, and, and Scipio's like, No, bro, I think what you mean to say is a super fluid. And I was like, What the frig is a super fluid? And he's like he's like basically a super fluid, you got you got uh, a solid, you got liquid, you got gas, you got plasma. Uh-huh. So then from a plasma, then you have a super fluid if, if certain properties are met. Mm-hmm. So by that, I mean, um, so up in the firmament, apparently it's like, it's net, it's, it's below negative 400 degrees. I mean, you're talking super cold and that's why, the scientists down in Antarctica, they have the, the sky ice, right? They investigate huh? the sky ice and it's, it looks like a, it looks like a emer- emerald, like a blue, blue sapphire stone, just like yeah, a Bible. Yeah. But it Bible doesn't sense. stuff like that, right? No, because it's, it's liquid oxygen. Huh. So water, water is H2O, hmm. right? So when you freeze water, it, it looks like ice, but when ice melts, you're seeing the result of, oxygen leaving the hydrogen and what you get left is is the water dripping so when you have pure oxygen pure oxygen when you freeze pure oxygen when it melts it just evaporates you don't get any wetness huh. see what i'm saying so so i believe that the firmament is either made up solely of this or it's made up mostly of this and maybe something else i don't know huh and that is Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so also what I discovered is when I'm researching uh, liquid oxygen is that when you freeze it, it forms what's known as a rhombohedral crystalline structure, which I guess is like a, it's not a very uncommon crystalline structure. 
rhombohedral crystalline structure, which means it's really hard. And apparently this sky ice is flexible, like it moves. You can, you can move it. It's not like a rubber band or nothing, but it does flex. So that if you put all these things together, and I'm telling you, that's why the firmament is so durable. That's why they can't they can't break through it because it actually flexes. I see. And it's actually like a crystalline structure. It's hard. And who knows how thick it is? I don't know how thick it is. But uh, I think one of the properties is when you take a piece out, it uh, heals itself. It heals itself. So yeah. when Hillary, uh, whatever, came up, like, oh, oh, we, we, we cracked the, uh, we, we, we make cracks in, in, in heaven. Well, fine yeah. to you, but it, it's healing itself. Thank God. Yeah. But this makes so much sense. And that's why they have in Antarctica all these uh, laboratories because they can transport it to, uh, you know, to, to Europe or whatever because before it's in, in the airplane, it's gone. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. yeah, I think in the Bible, in Genesis, in the very beginning, it says that God put the sun, moon, and stars in the firmament. Hmm. Right? So... And I also, I was talking to Scipio about, um, he made a really good point. He's talking about, well, this is a certain part where they say they're worshiping in the mountain, worshiping in the mountain. And I was like, well, that's weird. I was like, what do you mean? Like they're worshiping in a cave? And I was like, I don't remember reading this in the scripture. And he's like, and he, and he posted it. You know, he always posts the, the, the verse. And I was like, it does. It says it right there. And he's like, well, he said, Colin, you got to understand that uh, it's like me saying I'm in LA. I was like, oh, I got you. So it could mean like you're in the area, but doesn't necessarily mean you're inside of it. So I think there's a lot of misinterpreting of the Bible and I think intentional mistranslation of the Bible to keep us off track, to make sure we don't get to the truth oh, of what exactly what, what God was saying through these prophets and these apostles and stuff. So I think when the Bible says that God put the sun, moon, and stars in the firmament, I think it probably means um, like a, almost like a double, like the stars. Okay, so like I said about the firmament being multiple layered, this is what I believe. I believe the firmament is part or comes in contact with every single heaven. This talks about the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. Mm. The first heaven is you and me walk outside, we see the birds flying in the first heaven, right? Uh-huh. Well, I believe that the sun and moon are in the first heaven. But I think it's possible that they traverse or go in and out of the first and second heaven. Uh-huh. Or the first and second layer of the firmament. So, and then also in, in the Bible, it says that uh, he put the stars, you know, in the firmament, and I think the stars are most likely inside of the second layer, uh-huh, uh-huh. because um, uh, it talks about the waters above. David talks about the waters above, so there's still waters above. So I think that it's almost like think of like an Oreo, like an Oreo's got mm-hmm. the bottom layer, the middle layer is a cream, and the top layer. I think, I think the second layer of the firmament is fluid. Huh. I think it's. I think it's the fluid that helps heal the firmament. 
And you know what just popped up in my head? If you look at water, just like when when it's calving down right on the sea, you see all these, um, when the light is pointed out on it, you see all these colors, you know, uh, the, the, the glimpse of water, like say. So, yeah. and if you look at, um, I think Marvin Rishi has a big telescope at home and he's looking at the stars and he pointed out that all the illustrations that NASA did are not uh, the, the real thing, right? So if you look at the stars as they are, you see this this energy that's uh, giving all the colors and it's, it's, it's yeah. never stopping. And it makes really sense if you talk about the water and, and uh, the, the, the chemical connection between all the things that you talked about but what, uh, uh, when it comes to the, the, the sky eyes, like sea light. Right, right. Yeah, and also, also it talks in heaven. It says that in front of God's throne is a sea of glass. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the sea of glass in heaven in God's throne room is the top layer or the third layer of the firmament. Huh. So in other words, the firmament is actually kind of a part of each heaven. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. First heaven, the first heaven is like I said, is where. Scipio corrected me and said the superfluid. That's what the superfluid is. That is also it act like a sound happening. Mm-hmm. Like if something were to go, you wouldn't be able to hear anything because it's, you know, you're inside of like a, a mist or like a plasma, a cold plasma or something. So, but then it hits something. It hits a hard, fast barrier. That would be like the hard bottom layer of the Oreo, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. right above the bottom layer of the Oreo, you got the fluid. Now, is, is this fluid, is it pure oxygen? I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Um, but it also says, it also says in the Bible that waters, waters pour out from underneath, I think, underneath or from, from God's throne. Uh-huh. So is it possible that the waters above come from God's throne? I don't know. Mm. Pretty fascinating. Stuff. Oh. Good stuff, Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah so good stuff. I'm- <clears throat> to my bender, bro. Yeah, and when you connect dots like that, and 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 if you look, and I'm I'm 100 convinced that if you see the the Hebrew text, uh, Dario pointed it out because one of his uh, friends is working at the Vatican to translate uh, stuff, right? And he right. said that there are like five thousand words in one uh, in one book in Hebrew. But we need like 80,000 words to translate it to our language. So right. what happens there, you know? And um, as I told Lost before, translation. yeah, and, I, and as I said, uh, 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 I pointed out with uh, with Eric uh, on the podcast before, it's like, what if, what if uh, the Bible is there when people don't believe in science and science is there if you don't believe in the Bible. But what if you leave them both open? Right? So basically, if you go to uh, uh, to an island and you, you create a new community that do mm-hmm. not have any science, no, no books, no scripture, no nothing, what they do is experiment. And they will uh, notice that within the time, okay, the sun 
rises and the sun sets, like the, the normal um, vibe of frequency of nature, right? And they will know, like, it, within a year, oh, now it's going to get cold. Now it's all blossoms. And, you know, um, because you can see it and you can experience it. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes I have to be uh, honest with you that I'll have to uh, check out. <laughs> we'll all have that. Guitar, just play some... Uh, Dirty rock and roll, just to know, like, okay, whatever's going to be in this beautiful world, man. Holy, and especially now in these times that uh, a lot of people that do not have a PhD use their critical mind and thoughts to uh, investigate stuff. And we are from a, uh, a generation that... Uh, was not that tied up in school. Well, you know the, the basics, but we we drifted a bit a little bit away. You know, well I did. <laughs> or, or I, I did. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but what that comes is 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 that when this lab coat guy comes up, right, you can have really good questions that he can't answer and you thought about it and you do not have a PhD. I think there are more people That's true. nowadays with all the, and especially until now, because what are percentage going to shut some stuff down like the digital stuff that you can watch now or you know, even if I post a video on YouTube that says without any, that I do like a Wikipedia all things uh, flat earth, blah, 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 because we talk about it and AI is going to wrap it through, <laughs> through my podcast. But you know what, what, I mean, these are thoughts. And, uh, I think when someone says, you know, uh, I got a beautiful house and, uh, these, this bathroom, this, 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 that, this, that, and that door, no, don't go in there. <laughs> that's going to be, that's, that's, that's the door I wanted to want to open. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and 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 especially when they're not gonna say what's behind that door, you know, if, if they say there are demons or wild animals or stuff like that, that, that you could make up your mind. Okay, I'm not gonna go through that right. door, but we get no answer. Or when some topics exactly. here in the Netherlands we can't talk about, it's it's yeah. not allowed to. No, you make you make a good point when they when they don't tell you at least something about it. He's like, well, what's behind there? Oh, don't worry about it. There's nothing there. It's like, well, there's something there. What's behind there? Ah, uh, you can't open the door. That's when you're going to want to open the door. Exactly. And it makes you know, no sense to to uh, to say, okay, I got all the answers for the questions, but don't answer a question. Uh, don't don't uh, uh, don't question something. Although I have yeah. all the answers, that makes no sense. That makes totally no sense. What are some of these? Go downstairs. I'll help you in a little bit. Um, so what I was going to say was it's something that actually popped on my head not too recently. I was talking to Raul, and uh, I had this epiphany, I guess you would say. Violet, go downstairs, please. Um, that reading the Bible, and I realized something, that it talks about the earth shaking, right? Mm -hmm. And then when the earth shakes, that the heavens also shake. So 
And plus, it does say that the firmament, that basically the the firmament attaches to the earth. So in my mind, I'm like, dude. And I, all of a sudden, I got this image in my mind. I was like, what if the earth is like a frozen placenta? Like, we are encapsulated in this, you know, it's so you got the brazen sea, but then the firmament is literally like, I guess you would call it the, uh, it's, it's what, it's what envelops the brazen sea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got the firmament, which is literally a lid that goes on top of the bowl. Yeah. Like, like what you have with food, right? The, right. Uh, yeah. Right. But then, but then the, the, the lid is not only a lid, it's also acts as like, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like a garment. Like it, mm. like it, because it talks about the God sets the boundaries for the waves and the waves can go no further. Well, what is that? That's the ice wall. The Antarctic is the ice wall. And so they don't know. They're not going to come and tell us how far down does this ice wall go into the ocean. For all we know, that's what I'm saying. The earth could literally be all enclosed within like a frozen shell. Hmm. And Raul was like, "Bro, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly." I, I'm, I'm astonished, man, and 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 uh, it makes so much sense. It's crazy, man. Be- because why do we still find maps where uh, Rupert Nigra is pointed out? Exactly. And say, no, no, that that's like a mystical story. Oh, well, well, okay. So, so you're gonna tell that the people that uh, made the pyramids and all the other megalithic uh, buildings and structures, they were idiots. Yeah. Come on. They all knew. We all knew about it. Yeah. And what's, what's, uh, what's something I can't really get my, I can't put my finger on it. And it seems the Bible seems to be alluding to this. It says that, and God will cast them out into the outer darkness. So this is what gave, dude, chills went up and down my spine when I, huh. when I realized this. I was watching. I kind of thought of it when I watched the the original um, the original press conference with the the moon hoaxers, the the guys who supposedly landed on the moon. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch that original press conference with Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and uh, Michael Collins, uh-huh. they're all sitting on the panel, right? And if you watch, uh, the reporter says, "Oh, what did the stars look like?" And Neil Armstrong, homeboy, sweating bullets. Like yeah, everybody think was about it. Sad. Yeah, it it shouldn't be like that at all. You should be elated. You should be ecstatic. Like, oh man, this is amazing. Da da da. Wasn't that at all? They all acted like someone shot their dog, or you know what I mean. Like, so you could tell that Neil Armstrong is struggling, dude. And he's like, oh, uh, and he, the answer he gives about the stars clearly went against what they were instructed to say. And Michael Collins corrects him. He says, oh, remember, there were no stars. And then you see Neil Armstrong, he kind of like nudges him with his elbow, like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, so this is what I, this is what I think. I think what we see in the night sky, the blackness, first, you got to remember something. No one has ever been outside of the firmament. No. No one's ever been, no one's ever been to space. So here's the here's the thing. This is what I think the Bible is possibly saying. I think what we see in the blackness, I think that is the outer darkness. 
where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's what the Bible says. It says that he casts them out to the outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, which would also mean that that would also be, I guess, the bottomless pit. Hmm. How that how that works, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I do know that no one's ever been to space, which means because you got to figure the stars are inside that fluid and like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's why they make that when you zoom in on them, it literally looks like a light is shimmering through water. Exactly. So I I think the stars are however they're formed. I don't know, but they're in that fluid. So and that's exactly why when you reach a certain altitude. All the stars disappear. Huh. You won't hear people. You won't hear people talk about this. Once you get close enough to the firmament, all those stars disappear, and that's why those guys, close. right? And those guys, the Neil Armstrong, those guys, all the videos you see when they're actually filming, it's just black. Huh. There is no stars. There's nothing outside of the firmament. It's just heaven, and it's you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can't explain it because I have never been there. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I'm just going off what the Bible says, and I'm going off of the video footage that they've shown us when they're that high up and they're filming, mm-hmm. quote unquote, outer space. There's no, there's no stars. There's no nothing out there because it's, it's just outer darkness. Mm. And it's really fascinating so, that when you have some layers and the stars are aligned on that layer. When you shine a light on that, sometimes you see like the the moon and and like Venus, the the oh, I think it's Venus, the morning star. Yeah, uh, you see it when the sun rises, right? But what when when the sun is going too high, well, too much light, too much lumen, um, then eventually you don't see. You see the moon, but it's more transparent and stuff like that. But you don't see the stars. But right. as soon as you uh, We'll have a small experiment with with um, like uh, uh, I was called like some diamonds and stuff like that. They they shine when you put light on it, but what if it's otherwise round? That it only shines when you take the darkness. So it makes sense that that uh, on uh, uh, when it's when it's midday, when the sun mm-hmm. is shining, you don't see anything, but the stars are there. I mean, you right. It's not like oh uh, we got to roll this uh, tape right now before they go to sleep, you know. So they're <laughs> off there, but when it's going to be darker, you're going to see them. And what really bothers me is that uh, I hear it all around the world. I experienced it myself. Uh, nature is doing its thing like it always did, but these uh, chemtrails and people would say, "Oh, that's not oh whatever." Why do they spray the sky? What can we see if if these things are not happening? What happens to this world if they're not spraying like they did with the pandemic when it was a beautiful blue sky? Right? Exactly. And now you got these uh, three weeks uh, of intense rain. Um, sometimes I have the feeling when I walk outside and when I look up, because I always look up, I love that, um, that there are less stars. And um, last I had this real vivid, crazy dream that uh, the stars where I looked at were just like wandering through each other and there's no star that ever crossed, right? That It's not possible. Well, yeah. 
that happening. And when you pointed out like CERN uh, uh, about what they're trying to do and what they could do, I think in China they want to make uh, like a 50 kilometer hydron uh, and stuff like that. Sorry, I'm going to plug my to plug in my computer. Yeah, no props. Yeah, that's um, pretty fascinating. <laughs> got my table covered in slime. Uh, yeah, you agree <laughs> with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the whole uh, whole thing about um, stars. And this is something, I think it was David Weiss or one of those guys, and mentioned something about, um, I think it was David Weiss saying, that the he believes that the the sun and the moon could possibly be like um like diodes like mm-hmm. they and i think he might be onto something there uh it's like the like i said earlier the earth being a toroidal and electromagnetic field and all that mm-hmm. it's very possible because it says that when the when this when the sky rolls up like a scroll, the firmament rolls up like a scroll, it says that the sun is darkened and doesn't give its light. So um, it's very possible that the way the way the earth is set up, it's basically like the sun, the moon, the stars, the firmament, it's all uh, dependent on the electromagnetic um, field of the earth and so once once that field is interrupted and it says in the bible that the all it says all not some all of the stars fall to the earth like figs in a tree so you got to figure once you pull the plug so to speak yeah now the sky rolls up the stars fall the sun shorts out like a light and it says that the sun and the moon are both stars the sun's a the lights. The sun is a greater light. The moon's a lesser light. Ah. So, and it says that the moon turns a blood red. I believe is what it said. Wow. So, and, and of it, course, the, the the Nazis were very occult with the black moon, right, or the yeah. black sun. Black sun, yeah. And then I think David David Weiss might be right about that. He um he's saying that he thinks the sun. What what we see as the sun is basically like a projection of the real sun exactly so it's it's very he he might be onto that he might be he might have nailed that and uh and i had a crazy idea when i told raul i said you know what if what if like the eclipse what if what we see as the eclipse is actually the sun lining up perfectly and reflecting on itself and you see what i mean yeah, like it, like the sun lines up on itself, and it and reflects back and cancels itself out. Huh. I don't know. Maybe and like, I think it would actually give credence to what David Weiss is saying, because if it was projecting through a medium, I guess is what he's saying. Then I guess that would happen, because when there's an eclipse, you still see that corona around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's almost like, I don't know, man, it's, 
Yeah, it's it's really fascinating, and and, and sometimes you have only yeah yeah just like say you you have to grab a beer, and, and just say okay beautiful world cheers to you you know, and do the stuff that you like to do because if you, and even George Hoff says that when you're too much into that kind of stuff, um and and when I see all the videos uh and and uh, the stuff that I read about uh stuff that interested me. Sometimes you're just like, oh, just like learning on school. You're just like, okay, now done. You know, now, now it's happy time. Now it's it's going to be because, especially because they don't give any answers to the questions or not satisfying answers to the questions. And when you do the, uh, the stuff yourself, like the people in the community that do lots of tests to prove what they think, think that's plausible more plausible than what they tell us um and the only thing is what what they do is they put some actor a, a lab coat on and say okay uh build another this bill nine sign guy tell them that they're wrong what come with some proof that's something that i would really like and it's not like uh calling each other names oh you're stupid no please tell me why you think i'm stupid and come with uh, exactly these things that could prove me wrong. I would, I would happy to say, oh, I'm, I was totally wrong. Well, when you see how this uh, community grows and with all the stuff, especially like Dave does with all the experiments that he does at home on his kitchen table, but that make totally sense. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's really smart dude. But there are a lot of, I think that the. Uh, the people that use their mind um, in this uh, creative, constructive way to point out things that aren't real for the science, these are people that are, uh, just like I said, they, they have PhD, but they don't have it on paper, but they think more about the stuff that they do. And um, I think someone pointed out in the interview that, uh, yeah, yeah, but my... Uh, uh, my grandfather, my, my my uncle was working at NASA, so he's an idiot. No, but there were like 200,000 people working on one project and yeah. nobody knew what they did. You know, uh, oh, I'm making bolts for uh, NASA. So exactly going to Mars. Oh, wow. But, and, and uh, I think it's uh, seven clubs. On Instagram, I'm going to have a podcast on Tuesday with him. He's uh, um, pointing out a lot of stuff that, that really makes sense. Just like Tyler does with the dogs and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. first of all, I thought, oh, man, that, you know, all the mental health in the institution. But then he shows it and it makes so much sense. And Pretty trippy, huh? Copy, paste, copy, paste. Just like, what? And this... Uh, Seven Club, he pointed out that uh, there's a very big facility in NASA, and I, I think it's called Big Easy Studios. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that, was, that was my reaction to mm. And he points it out, and he shows that. And um, I think there's now uh, something going on with them, too. So with NASA and with Big Easy Studios, uh, that NASA does, doesn't want to come, uh, that they want to, come out that they are a studio stuff like that there are some things going on you know um 
But what you see the last couple of years, it's, it's you know, if you have a jacket and you, you want to, uh, uh, to loosen one thread, you, you know, you have, to, you have to do a little bit first to, to get it going. But that mm-hmm. almost on, it unravels it itself somehow, the yeah. fabric. I think we're on that moment that uh, they can't. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I, I just realized, um, I hate to say this, but my, my laptop's about to die. I could talk to you for hours, bro. But uh, it's literally a 3%. <laughs> okay. Then I then right away, because we already have like two hours, a very interesting conversation, Colin. I really love it. Uh, another spiritual warrior on uh, uh, that, that that we need with the with the perspective of what he experiences stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Please send me. Oh, well, I I have the. Uh, where can people find the uh, Through a Glass Unveiled book? Is it on Amazon? Or- oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Rob. Um, so actually, I got it right here. This is my book, Through a Glass Unveiled. This is my daughter. Say hi, Violet. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Show them show the slime. Oh, cool. All right. Go sit down. <laughs> All right. um, so, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's Amazon. Uh, I had to ch- I had to charge. They, they wouldn't let me put the price any lower than it is. Mm. Uh, that's because it has colored pictures, drawings, basically, illustrations. So it costs the... Um, the publisher or whatever, the person that's actually printing the book, they have to cover their costs. So the paperback is like, I think it's just under $21, like $20.99 or something like that. The hardback is, I think, $32.05 or something. And then the ebook is $4.99. Um, wow. Yeah, just on Amazon, go on Amazon and look up Through a Glass Unveiled. Um, I'll post a link. I'll post a link in the yeah. show, uh, show notes. Yeah, and I've been, yeah, that and uh, let's see what else I was uh, going to say. So apparently, in order to get it through Kindle, I think you have to buy it first and then yeah. you can see Kindle, which I didn't even know that. And I was kind of frustrated. I was like, why can't I see it on Kindle? So I guess you have to purchase it and then Kindle allows you to see it, which. Yeah, I think it's like a, like a subscription from Kindle that you have some software on your telephone that's could read that book and stuff like that so well i bought the paperback and the hardcover and then it allowed me to to view the book and kindle even though i didn't buy the ebook i was like well that's weird so Hmm. anyways yeah uh colin i have normally 10 questions for my guests but i made 12 okay so my first question my first two questions are uh very interesting i think what's your perspective uh, perception of God. My perception of God is uh, he's all encompassing. Everything comes from him. He's so powerful that he's able to create, he, he's able to make a creation that can then uh, choose to do evil. And I wouldn't, what I mean by that is. He, he was so powerful that he created us with the ability of free will. And I believe that's where evil comes from. I think evil has always existed, 
because basically evil means that you're choosing not to do good. Exactly. It's it's so, yourself. You choose. Right. right. So the what I should say is the potential of evil has always existed. Mm. So once a, a once a creature with free will chose to do evil, then evil stepped onto the scene. If that makes sense. So that's how powerful God is. God, everything comes from God. Um, and I was an argument I had with my buddy, and <laughs> he disagreed with yeah. me. Fine, whatever. Yeah, that's what I. That God, God is. Um, he's just. He's he's everything, and at the same time, he can't sin. He can't. And this is a topic in my book that I cover. God, the Father, I don't think has the ability to have faith. Hmm. But I. Yeah, if you get my book, I, I touch on it in the prologue, and it goes over um, some controversial or some pretty uh, interesting topics. I will, uh, as said, I will post the link uh, in the in the show description, and I'll I'm really looking forward to uh, to purchase. Uh, not now, but when the time comes, I will have to take a look at it. And it's the same with uh, some books that I have uh, with other podcast guests. Just like, wow, man, that's so interesting to, you know, it's like, oh, this is a good path. No, wait a minute. This this path is like, there's a little path, there's a little path. And, and all of a sudden you come to, the, to this road, right? Because you're heading forward, but the more knowledge you have and the more you know about the doors, that what's behind them, that makes the journey so so interesting. And uh, looking really forward to purchase your book, just the... Uh, to uh to be honest oh you still there joseph call it hey buddy your laptop died <laughs> yeah i died <laughs> oh it good to see you back then right uh Okay, we're we gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this one fast. Um, what's your perception of the devil? But you already explained that, right? Uh, well, the devil, the devil is um, basically yeah. The devil would be the um, he is the one who spawned evil onto the scene. He is uh, the devil is really. I, I, people get the misconception of, oh, it's God versus the devil. No, that's not true at all. Um, you basically you have God, and then you have everything that's not God. Hmm. So the devil represents everything that's not God. It's not a versus. There is no versus. God doesn't have a, an adversary, so to speak. I mean, I guess the closest you could say as an adversary to God would be the devil. But put it this way, anything that the devil does he has to first get permission from God. Hmm. So, like, you look at the story of Job. God tells him very specifically, you can do this, you can't do that. Do not kill him. You can touch his body, but don't kill him. And the devil's like, okay, you got it. And he went off and he did it. Um, so, yeah, that's how I look at the devil. The devil is basically uh, a necessary evil, I guess you would say, in a way. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, uh, great stuff to think about also. Um, okay, these, these are, I think, a little bit uh, 
other questions like what's your favorite color hands down green what's your favorite music and let me let me correct that emerald green emerald green all right my favorite music would have to probably be classic rock so the it's just old 70s yeah it's just it's it's um i think alex and raul yeah i think they touched on it um the it's kind of back then is when you had original sound right because now Absolutely. basically all we all we have now is just a bunch of peat and repeat like a bunch of people that are just kind of repackaging what already happened yeah yeah copy and paste the formula to make money right yeah put put another puppet and uh you know you you got all the stuff but but in in the 70s definitely like deep purple and uh Led Zeppelin, uh, Stones, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden in the end. Uh, they made real sound with real people with no techniques. And, and, you know, what the amplifier did and the sound was there, that was right. it. And there was no like, oh, we put it in a digital blah, blah, and, and it all sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference that back then they actually sang. They wrote their own, well, not all of them, but a lot of them wrote their own songs. They were actually musicians. So like Credence, when Credence, dude, there's a timeless, a timeless sound. Like you can listen to it now and it still sounds amazing because they actually made their own sound. Like you said, now a bunch of people in studios, they're, they're famous for 15 minutes and then everybody forgets about them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not a coincidence. And you don't have to do something with an instrument because when you have a, I got something like here, like a mini lap. Uh, and and I can play piano and and say okay, uh, put out the sound of a trumpet and the trumpet comes out. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it it gives a lot of uh, funny stuff because I also like DJ like a little bit trance and stuff like that. So so it, it's not like uh, rocket science, you know, with a little copy paste and looping and stuff and then nice beat under it. But I really love to get up and grab my guitar and then you feel the music right and that that makes for that makes sense um colin what's your favorite film or a series favorite film or series Ooh, that's a tough question um oof. for a long time my favorite film was the movie heat with robert de niro and al pacino and val kilmer that movie is just oh dude i love that movie um Ah, oh, it's a tough one. Uh, it's either it's either Heat or Passion of the Christ, which is well, John Gibson. Yeah, it just floored me, bro. It floored me. I never saw uh, that one, to be honest. With you. Oh, it's it's exceptional. Uh, but what's interesting is that Mel Gibson, I think he was wise for doing this, and he he did the whole movie in Aramaic, so you have to read subtitles. But, um, so honestly, like if it's not, if English is not your first, well, you could probably get, you could probably get the movie with subtitles in Dutch mm -hmm. because I'm not going to lie. Like there was times in the movie where I'm having to read fast, you know, because it's just the way the movie plays. Yeah. So yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like you would probably want to get it in Dutch. That way you could keep up with what they're, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's uh it's an amazing film. It really is. Um, I think he did a, he did an exceptional job. Uh, as far as a series, 
My favorite series, I would probably have to say, is Breaking Bad. Oh, which one? Breaking Bad, dude, was like, dude, it. So usually, what happens in shows, they'll you know they'll do really good, and then it'll just it'll it'll taper out, and it'll suck. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's one of the few shows that I've ever seen that just like a just like a roller coaster, you know, it just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept climbing, climbing, climbing. And right at the very end, like it, it kept you intrigued and fascinated all the way to the very end of the show. Hmm. And that's extremely difficult to do. So probably Breaking Bad, it's my favorite series. And, uh, you mentioned Heat. I think that was the first movie where De Niro and uh, Pacino were in the same movie, right? I think you're right. Or they never did something corporate together. I think you're correct on that, actually. Mm. Um, what's your favorite book? My favorite book? Well, that's easy. It's got to be the Bible, bro. <laughs> it, All right. It's a, it's a book made up of 66 books and it's, uh, you know, supposedly I think George Hobbs said it. There's actually originally, I think there was 80, 80 books. Um, so, you know, those 14 other books. Who knows? Who knows what we're missing? Oh, like that, I want to get my hands on those, and I'm pretty sure you can't. Like some of them, you can't even find them on eBay or nothing. No, uh, I think with every war, there's book burning, and especially oh, yeah. when it goes about religions and stuff like that. Uh, about uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, dogma about um, indoctrination and stuff like that. They want you to do something different, right? And it, it depends on what you do. If you see like the Second World War. Where uh, every intellect had the same problem as uh, as people that were Jewish, that they were uh, followed and killed because they had a other way of thinking, you know, and 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 free thinkers, and that that's one of the things that they don't want. Like we post, like like you saw, so, guaranteed. Uh, yeah, guaranteed. The Vatican has all eighty books. Probably they have. Yeah, I guarantee it, bro. But it's a, it's a quite a big mob to go through. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to let people see what's no, on there. No, and they got the uh, the Swiss Army, the the, the young uh, males that uh, protects them, and they, they look funny, but they're completely armed under that suit. It, it, oh yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, oh man, yeah. what's your uh, favorite uh, drink or booze, uh, Colin? Favorite alcoholic drink. Yeah, whatever you like. Um. Well, I usually drink Arnold Palmer, which is I do unsweetened iced tea mixed with lemonade. If I do happen to have an alcoholic beverage, I actually, funny enough, I really enjoy. They're called uh, Negro Modelos. So I guess you would call it like a. Like a a lager, like a dark amber or something like that. Okay. I don't I don't drink that often. Um, you, you know I have you know go to weddings and yeah celebrations just like every everyone else. So I do drink, but just not that often. Good, good. What's your favorite food? Favorite food would have to be probably. That's a good one, man. Um, probably, 
either Italian or yeah, probably Italian. Okay. What kind of clothing you wear? The uh, is your favorite to wear? Favorite clothes to wear? Mm-hmm. Uh, just jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. Or a sweater, whatever. What's your favorite holiday destination? Favorite holiday destination. Ooh, that's got to be holiday destination. You mean like for like Christmas, where would I go? Yeah, where you have a holiday and you, you, you can everywhere where you want to go to. What, what would be your favorite? And it could be a destination that you've never been to, but what you want to go to, of course. Uh, I got you. Um, holiday destination, probably back home. Hmm. If I'm doing Christmas, I would go back to Missouri. If I'm doing like, you know, some other holiday, probably Belize. I've been to Belize. Oh, that uh, should be beautiful. Oh, bro. Belize is, it's amazing. And the food is amazing. It, the You know, the, back then, years ago, it was, the currency was two to one. So you could do quite a bit with the dollar. <laughs> um, lots of stuff to see. It's a very cool place. Wow. Yeah, I heard about that too, yeah. Um, last two questions, Colin. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is probably a tie between Mark Twain saying, it's easier to fool a man than it is to convince that same man he was fooled. Or a quote from uh, Solomon when he said, if you judge a matter before you first fully understand it, then you're a fool. And you get a lot of that, a lot of that nowadays. People is like, oh, you're, they'll just, you know, spout off what they think about this, that, and the other. It's like, well, do you actually, have you actually investigated what you're talking about? Well, no, because they're stupid. It's like, hey, you just proven that you're an idiot because you, you don't know, exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. So it's the same thing. Like a lot of people say, oh, the Bible's so dumb. Have you read the Bible? Well, no. Then how do you know it's stupid? Exactly. And it's not something like, uh, uh, I believe in God, not in a religious way, not, not in a biblical way, but I like the Bible because there there are some things in it that you that that are so on this time level uh, mm -hmm. that could give you some insights. And it's very fascinating that a lot of people that um, you know messed up in life when they go to prison, the first book yeah. they purchase is like the Bible because you know you that. That there is something with it, with the text and how it's been written, that you have to think about your true self. And uh, I think it's a very, very fascinating and book, and it's based on religion, and it's also based a little bit of science because you know th these two go hand in hand. But I'm very careful about how I interpret interpret it in in my way. But uh, I love the book. I love the book. And uh, no doubt about it, God exists 100%. I believe in that one. Yeah, and it's it actually, it's the only book um, that actually perfectly explains everything that's happened to me. So when I, 
everything in my book that I wrote, all that stuff, it's it in the Bible it talks about these things. Wow. And th there is no other book that's going to fully explain in detail what it is that you're messing with, you know, the, the these unseen forces that clearly exist and they have made it their sole purpose to, you know, steal, kill, and destroy us. So the Bible talks about all of it. And there is no other book that does that, that I'm aware of. I could be dead wrong. You know, there could be some other book out there that I don't know about. But, yeah. I think it's uh, it's uh, some kind of guideline through life. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, of course, every time you read something, uh, don't judge a book by its cover and don't read between the lines. And so sometimes when you read something, and it doesn't matter what kind of book, uh, you can read it for... 10 times and 10 times you have another perspective about it because the involvement of yourself and the things that you've been through and the, the you know, the packs that you with, uh, that you take with you and uh, the experiences that you've been through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Colin, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite, what's your life motto? My life motto. Yeah. Wow. And I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> Uh, my, well, I guess now, like if you had asked me that question 20 years ago, I'm sure it'd be different, but now being 42 and going through everything I've gone through, I would have to say my life motto would be to reach people, um, to reach people and help them however I can. Um, because I actually had this conversation with my father-in-law last night and we were talking about how human beings, how we are intended to be interrelational. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, if, if you were to take, you know, Rob Nolkin and let's say you just lived by yourself throughout all your existence and there was never any other human, you never met any other human being, you would be a completely different person in every way. And that's why it's like, uh, what is it quote or the saying from Ham or from Shakespeare? Like it's better, it's better to love and be, you know, heart ripped out than to never love at all or whatever, whatever goes on. Oh, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, saying like it, we're, we're meant to have these experiences with other human beings. And so really, uh, my motto would be to um, to help other humans however I can and to try to lead them to Christ because once you're dead, you're dead. There is no coming back. I don't care what anybody. There's a very nice, uh, what's it called, when uh, when the show is over, when, when Elvis is going to leave the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry about the laptop dying, bro. Oh, no, no problem. Hey, man, you, you came back. I mean, that that is just one of the things that that's great with the techniques nowadays that you just can click, you know, and, and you're on the phone. That's that's talking to someone in in, in bloody Europe and in, in the Netherlands. You know, that's so fascinating. And if you look at at it like 10, 15 years ago, when we were only like having a telephone call, it's gonna cost you like big yeah. bucks. That's true. And I talked to Raul and to uh, uh, to Claude, uh, to Snake, of course, Alex by by uh, WhatsApp, and it's like only data. 
also yeah. yeah we could talk hours and it's very yeah. very um very nice to meet you colin because i That's think you're on the right mission and you have a great value for the people that um digging into that stuff and and uh, even if they don't buy the book come on no just buy the book right this is our production we help each other out just buy the book so appreciate but um yeah i, th I think uh, for for my for my side thank you very much for hopping in and uh uh for your time and your energy that you put it in uh we're going to definitely uh, uh talk to each other or see each other or text each other soon yeah, my words. After two podcasts of four and a half hour, I'm going to stumble with more words, but that's okay. <laughs> You're doing great, bro. You're doing a great job. Thanks, thanks. And uh, just like you, I just want to help people and share some uh, some insights, motivate them, and inspire them to uh, to look a, look a little bit longer than your nose is. And uh, there's so much happening nowadays that uh, yeah. you you just can't say that there's nothing. You know, that's uh, Unpossible. I agree. Yeah. Have a nice morning, a good day, or a beautiful evening, wherever you are on this beautiful plane planet. Much, much love and respect, Rob. As uh, thanks, thanks again for bringing me on your show. Thank you, Matt. Let's uh, rock this. Uh, let's rock this uh, beautiful Earth. I wake people up at. She I love to each other, you know. So great shutter and I love that's that's the key for everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rob. We're running for all my life. Devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind, and he couldn't fulfill my dreams. I've been running for all my life with the devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind, and he couldn't fulfill my dreams. He's a pain in the ass, black as a night. God, show me the light. He's a pain in the ass, black as a night. God, show me the light and hold me tight. For I've been running for all my life with the devil on my heels. He wasn't always kind, and he couldn't fulfill my dreams. He's a pain in the ass, black as a night. God, show me the light and hold me tight.